0: The deeper dive podcasts catechism of the catholic church in one year this is day 11 we continue with paragraph 80 the relationship between tradition and sacred scripture sacred tradition and sacred scripture then are, are bound closely together and communicate one with the other for both of them flowing out the same divine wellspring come together in some fashion to form one thing and move towards the same goal. Each of them makes present and fruitful in the Church the mystery of Christ, who promised to remain with his own always to the close of the age. Sacred Scripture is the speech of God as it is put down in writing under the breath of the Holy Spirit. And holy tradition transmits in its entirety the Word of God, which has been entrusted to the Apostles, by Christ the Lord and the Holy Spirit. It transmits it to the successors of the apostles so that, enlightened by the Spirit of truth, they may faithfully preserve, expound, and spread it abroad by their preaching. As a result, the Church, to whom the transmission and interpretation of Revelation is entrusted, does not derive her certainty about all revealed truths from the Holy Scriptures alone. Both Scripture and tradition must be accepted and honored with equal sentiments of devotion and reverence. The tradition here in question comes from the apostles and hands-on what they receive from Jesus' teaching, an example and what they learn from the Holy Spirit. The first generation of Christians did not have a written New Testament, and the New Testament itself demonstrates the process of living tradition. Tradition is to be distinguished from the various theological, disciplinary, liturgical, or devotional traditions born in the local churches over time. These are the particular forms adapted to different places and times in which the great tradition is expressed. In the light of tradition, these traditions can be retained, modified, or even abandoned under the guidance of the church's magisterium. The Interpretation of Heritage of Faith The Apostles entrusted the sacred deposit of the Faith, contained in sacred Scripture and tradition, to the whole of the Church. By adhering to this heritage, the entire holy people, united to its pastors, remains always faithful to the teaching of the Apostles, to the brotherhood, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. So, in maintaining, practicing, and professing the Faith that has been handed on, there should be a remarkable harmony between the bishops and the faithful. Father Jack.
1: So, we're going to start with this uh, really important theory of how these two, however, we want to describe modes or fonts of uh, revelation come out tradition and scripture. And, and there's an important um, kind of distinction to be made that, that there is one source of divine revelation it's God, right? It can't be anything else. Um, it would be logically um, ridiculous to to think of anything besides God revealing God, right? Because He's so much greater than our than our human minds. But we're, we're so we think of we're we're well aware and recognizing the church knows what she's talking about when she says there's only one source of divine revelation and it's God, but but He the mode in which it's used is is different, right? So those these are these two. Sometimes they've been referred to as fonts of of Revelation, which is tradition and scripture, that that it's a written word and an oral word, um, one that is um, f- for very positive reasons unchanging in scripture, and one that does kind of adjust itself just slightly, just so that we can understand it better, right? Because the thing about tradition that that sounds a little scary <laughs> is that is that it's meant to change, but also it only changes so that we can actually perfect our understanding of the. Immutable truth, that of who God is. So, what do I mean by that? Is that the word? Let's give an example. The word transubstantiation doesn't exist anywhere in Scripture. Even the word Trinity exists nowhere in Scripture. These are examples of tradition forming a better understanding of an immutable truth. Right? It wasn't that until Tertullian came around and said that the the best description of God is the Holy Trinity. Um, it wasn't that until that moment that God was only one person. and Then Tertullian said this, and now there's three. Right? Then nothing changed. Right? <laughs> the, the the person of God never never moved, but our understanding did. Right? And and the way we handed down this understanding of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is is improved through this. Right? It's handed down in a more perfect way. That these two uh, fonts of tradition and scripture help one another. Right? That just as the Catechism states that there is no written New Testament, right? Christ doesn't, you know, ascend to the Father um, with with handing over the the twenty seven books of the New Testament. No, this is a this is part of how the Church has to discern and, and eventually what we refer to as canonize uh, this process. That there, there is a faith that exists in its, uh, you know, this depositum fidei. Um, this deposit of faith in this regula fide, as, as the fathers were referred to, it, this rule of faith in which we would judge all things, right? And, and so, um, you know, the, like, why why are the four Gospels the only four Gospels, right? We know the, there's this Gospel of St. Thomas. Why did that not make it into into the canon of Scripture? Well, because it has some really crazy things in there, right? And not just, like, inconvenient things, but things like the cross rose ag- the cross itself rose again and started to speak, right okay well wait a second <laughs> we we're, we're all about the miraculous but we're not about the absurd right that, that this is where the rule of faith this regular fide that has existed is is predates in a in a in a real sense even the writing of scripture right that this faith is what the the holy spirit graces us with and scripture is meant to help that right this is the that's why we revere um both scripture and tradition so highly and equally, actually, um, because they both have their same source. They can never conflict, right? And so, why does the church then make the distinction between uh, this tradition, sacred tradition, and the, the little traditions, of the liturgical traditions or devotional ones, right? That even get camped down? One of the best books, pretty much the book on sacred tradition, is called Tradition and Traditions right that there are things in which there is one come from god directly and protected through the church and then there are those things that kind of help us along the way um so things like the luminous mysteries getting added uh relatively recent right that the tradition of the rosary is beautiful right and obviously powerful and yet it can be changed for the sake of the help of the faithful the luminous mysteries help our spiritual life right um and and there are other traditions that have been you know kind of uh, put down right. <laughs> um, for for positive reasons, and you know sometimes traditions, uh, little t, um, kind of get in the way, right? You know, I, one of our favorite things is, uh, new priest comes in and they say, they you know, I remember I went to a parish and they had a, you know, eight foot tall cross that that's what they would use for Good Friday, and and I said, why do you do that? Well, we always do that, Father, and I said, oh, okay, and it's like. But that doesn't—it didn't help people, right? It, it, you know, when we when we changed it to what the church asked, that people really respond well. Why? Because there are things that need to be put aside at times for the sake of allowing God to be seen more clearly, right? To be able to see uh, God. Allow God the freedom—not that He needs our our cooperation, but He desires it um, to to show Himself a little bit better. And so, when when we strive to live the christian life we put aside these little t traditions for the sake of this fount this mode of god revealing himself so that we can live out as we heard in this last paragraph what acts 242 says which is that we may live united with our holy pastors uh, always faithful to the teaching of the apostles to the brotherhood to the breaking of bread and to the prayers